So Moms for Liberty and organizations like us are saying we believe parents have authority and responsibility for their children. The children belong to us. That is my job as a parent. Uh, The opposing side will say those children belong to the community. Welcome to Indie Thinker with Reed Uberman. You're about to make the jump from the dishonest mainstream media into free and independent thought from key thought leaders on the subjects of culture, causes, politics, and faith. Welcome to Indie Thinker with Reed Huberman. I'm so excited to have Moms for Liberty in the house. How are you guys doing? Doing good. 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 Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So before we dig into what we're going to be talking about today, um, go ahead and tell us everybody's name. we got a packed house in here today. So. I'm Brandy Howard, the chapter chair, Moms for Liberty, Hamilton County. I'm Robin Crimson, I'm vice chair. And Julie Berry, vice chair. Okay, great. So for those who don't know who what Moms for Liberty is all about, what do you guys what do you guys do? What are you about? Moms for Liberty is a national organization only started in January of this year. Oh wow. By a couple of moms who had been involved in their school boards and realized there's this major disconnect between what parents expect is happening in schools and what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and once parents start to realize that, so many of us have no idea what to do about it. Um, so the organization was started to educate and empower parents, give them the tools to get engaged and, and to influence their children's education. And so that's, you know, started in January. Each chapter is by county. And right now, I think there are over 130 chapters, wow. um, 60,000 members. So, and it's just growing constantly. We just started the Hamilton County, Tennessee chapter in May. That's cool. Okay. And so, how long have you been doing this, Brandy? Since May. (laughs) Okay. Wow. So relatively short amount of time, but that thing has taken off and it's hard not to see why. Um, Let's first talk about that before we talk about anything else. What do you ascribe uh, parents being active in a much more visual way, if not in a much more physical way with the education of their kids? Do you think that has to do with COVID and them like finally sitting down in their living rooms and then hearing what teachers are saying? Or do you feel like it has to do with maybe even a much more broader cultural shift that's going on where we're starting to recognize, man, there's a need for us to be a lot more aware and awake of what's going on around us because things are shifting pretty quick. So what do you ascribe the uh, the proactive nature of parents with things like what happened in Loudoun County and, and the way parents are really starting to get serious about taking their kids' education in the public school system seriously. Where do you think that comes from? I think e- each of the three of us are pretty representative. Uh, we have our own stories about how that happened. Um, I also want to say that there's this, there are these talking points, right, that, mm-hmm. that other folks have that um, none of us, we don't even have our kids in public schools. Why do we even care? Yeah. So let's address that. Um, I've always had my kids in public school never planned to do anything different. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, it was a wake-up call. When COVID hit, school went virtual, and I could hear what specifically my daughter was being taught in her ninth grade classes um, locally. And that's when I went, wait a minute, this is not not appropriate. Mm -hmm. This is not what I thought was happening. What do I need to do about it? And, And fast forward, you know, we have felt the need to pull her out. We are homeschooling. Um, but we're still advocating for children are, who are in public school. Yeah. Robin's story is a little different. Well, hang on one second before we get to Robin's story. Wait a second. You never rush in to a surgery when a doctor is performing surgery on somebody and tell them to stop. Because obviously <laughs> those two things are the same. So that's what we right. heard I think, like, on CNN or something yes, like that. Yes, yes. Yeah, the repository of all stupid there, legacy media. I was going to say the most logical yes, broadcasting system. Impartial. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so yeah. So parents are getting serious about their kids' education, and it's obvious that, like, I think everybody understands there's such a thing as an incompetent surgeon, much less there are incompetent teachers. But there's also teachers that may have an agenda that uh, drives what they're trying to teach children, and all of that stuff. You'd be foolish not to think it exists. Um, So let's be be real about that. Okay. So what about you, Robin? Um, well, I would just add to that too that you know the public school system is the is the federal government, and yeah. we have to we have to. 
But they're great at everything, right? Well, so that's my (laughs) point, right? I mean, I think that for some reason there's this, there's been this uh, assumption, uh, you know, nationwide that that somehow the public school system is different from, say, like the DMV or, you know, Mm -hmm. the post office or some of these other government-run institutions that, you know, could be a lot better or Mm -hmm. could be run a lot more efficiently, um, effectively. I mean, think about just our our government in general, right? Now, obviously, it varies from state to state. But um, so we moved here uh, in June of 2020 from Denver, Colorado. Um, We were were actually in Littleton, just southwest of Denver. Um, We were homeschooling. Uh, We have homeschooled most of the time that uh, our children have been school age. our oldest went to a class, a public charter in in Littleton um, for a couple of years, and it was a classical um, charter school. Actually, started by a homeschool father who wanted to give people an opportunity to, you know, if you can't afford private school, but you, you know, don't love the neighborhood schools, here's this other free option that you know he felt really called to start. Um, and we were there for a couple of years and had a great experience for the first two years. And then the third year, it was just, you know, I think that people can start certain schools with the best of intentions. And then, the, you know, the world just gets in and the, the government gets in, especially when it's government funded, even if that's just government funded a little bit. They, you know, implement all of these Special things and tie their involved. hands in all mm-hmm. these ways. So anyway, uh, we... I think that I have been, you know, I don't know if you want to use the term awake for for several years. Um, one of the reasons being because we lived in such a blue leftist liberal state. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw firsthand for years what was how like Planned Parenthood's comprehensive sex education was manifesting in the schools and, you know, all of these um laws that are you know you have to teach lgbtq history and there were just lots of things there were there were some things coming down the pipes um uh, that were affecting homeschoolers um and just parents in general regarding mandatory vaccinations and um in january of 2020 uh, i was at the state capitol in colorado fighting a lot of uh, a bill that was coming down that was going to require um any any child who was behind on even one recommended shot to be you know put into a government tracking system and all of these things fantastic so that was super so i was at the uh the and that was right before covid hit so we were sort of hearing about covid in the background like what is that what's coronavirus well that's in china it's not here whatever okay so then march hit and uh you know colorado was one of the first to just lock everything down and when that happened um you know, something internally for my husband and I went, this this is big, mm-hmm. and I don't think this is going to go away anytime soon. And we are stuck in a state where um, we have kind of a tyrannical government who's now making this, you know, Western, Western states packed with, you know, states like California and Oregon and Washington State. And, and then when the... Um, Oh, his name is escaping me. When the riots started with the George George Floyd situation, that was horrifying what we experienced in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course the police's hands were tied and everything. But we we just we got to the point where it was like we cannot we can't stay here. And we're gonna pray about it. We're not just gonna jump ship just to jump ship. But we had been seeing for a long time things happening and changing in Denver. Um, especially with, you know, marijuana being legalized and other things that we just thought I, I don't I don't know that this is where we can continue to be, where we really want to continue to raise kids and things like that. Um, we prayed about it and ended up here in Chattanooga. Um, I have family here, and, and we moved here for all kinds of reasons, but even reasons unknown to us. And once we got here um, and got involved in the church that we're currently at, you know, we started hearing musings that Planned Parenthood is trying to get into the Hamilton County yeah. Public Schools. They have hired, you know, Chattanooga has been sort of an abortion um <coughs> desert for a while now uh since like Planned the 80s Parenthood, i think right yes mm-hmm. now planned parenthood has hired two individuals to sort of i don't know somehow infiltrate chattanooga and hamilton county in whatever ways one of which being the schools um you know i had continually been feeling convicted even as a homeschooler 
to sort of get off the bench and constantly hearing from, um, you know, pastors and other sort of national figures like, well, go, go to a school board meeting, go to a school board meeting. Like that's one of the ways go to your county commissioner or a library board or, you know, get off the bench, get involved in local government. I couldn't have picked a school board member out of a lineup. I couldn't have even told you for years yeah. anywhere I've lived what they really do or yeah, a county commissioner or any of these things. I mean, I, I don't know local civics. I know that in Colorado, every single ballot comes in the mail. So I know that I had voted for them for years just because a ballot came in the mail. Would I have gotten up off my couch and gone to physically go vote for one? of? I don't know. So anyway, long story short, I ended up at the May school board meeting in here in Hamilton County. Um, when Pastor Frank of Calvary Chapel came to sort of speak and let them know, hey, listen, the abstinence programs here have been working. Mm -hmm. It's statistically proven. There's no need to change this. Should Planned Parenthood be trying to wedge their foot in the door, we ask that you kindly shove it that right back through. Yeah. So anyway, that's what happened. And I, I met with Brandy and Julie, and you know they said they were starting this Moms for Liberty chapter, and it just sort of... It sort of evolved from there. At that May school board meeting, uh, the the man who was chairman at the time, um, a lot of parents had shown up to to uh, protest uh, masks and some other things. And he threw sort of this massive hissy fit about, you know, parents don't care about real issues. They're only <laughs> yeah. here because of masks. You'll never see them again. They're not involved. Where have they been all this time? Um, and we, so and I know part, I party's right. That, is it, and I mean, he's right. Yeah. That's true. Oh yeah. I totally, you know, and so, and we told him that, you know, I, I sort of took that as a personal challenge and, you know, went up to him afterwards to say, you're right. There are many important issues that, that everybody needs to be caring about, including parents. Um, and then he realized not, I stuck not just my masks. Yes. Right. Well, masks are one of them, but there are many, I sort of listed some Planned Parenthood, critical race theory, you know, some of these things. And I said, you know, we will be at every school board meeting from here on out, you know, shook his hand introduced, gave him my name and said, we're new to the area, but you know, I totally agree with you in that respect. And we are here to stay and you'll see us again. <laughs> and I think that he didn't actually mean that, at, you know, at this point and with the many, many meetings we've gone to, I don't think that he actually meant that he wanted us to stay and get <laughs> yeah. as involved as we have. So, but that's, that's but how he, I ended up in this. He asked a really good question that where have parents been? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and my response to it took a little bit of thought, but my response was, we have been the PTO parents. We've been the room moms, the team parents. You know, we've been planning the snacks and the parties mm-hmm. and teacher gifts. Um, making copies. Making copies. <laughs> copies. Because we always trusted that our school administrators yeah. and that those public officials were making wise choices for our children. We trusted them to be the, you know, the professionals, the experts. We thought we needed to take a support role until we started to learn more and went, no, this is not, this is not what we signed up for. This is not quality education. This is not safe. This is not healthy. Mm -hmm. Something has to change. And here we are. Well, this, this has been one of the things that's encouraged me the most is seeing this, even if you disagree with maybe some of the policy issues or the standpoint or even maybe the manner in which some of the parents have been speaking out. Even if you disagreed with that, the one thing that I would hope all people could see is that whenever parents get involved in their kids' education, that's first Mm -hmm. of all a good thing. Mm -hmm. And second of all, whenever parents actually use their voice for the sake of their children, like, come on, can you, what kind of hater do you have to be to be mad about that? Because that, that made me so proud to be an American, to see people actually standing up and saying, hey, I'm going to hold you accountable Mm -hmm. for your ideas because bad ideas have consequences mm-hmm. and I, I mean, and what a good thing for parents to do and to show their kids too mm-hmm. that uh, that we're not only going to support uh, uh, good ideas and the profligation of those good ideas but we're also going to defend our most precious resource mm-hmm. uh, which is our kids the next generation so I've been really super um, really encouraged by the state of our uh, by the state of our republic when I see parents do that kind of stuff mm-hmm. all right so what about you Julie okay so I did not know what CRT I did not know what CRT was I did not have any idea that there was really anything negative going on in the school system my kids have been raised in public school I was in public school my aunt messaged me probably April and said hey I'm in this group in Williamson County Tennessee they're talking about CRT you need to see if this is going on where you are in your school system 
So I thought, okay, I'm going to research it. So I got on, I'm like researching CRT. I do a lot of research and realize, okay, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. I, how I know if it's going on in Hamilton County, there's no way for me to truly know. So I see if there's a Moms for Liberty group in Hamilton County. There's not. So I'm just a part of their group. And she sends me a message, hey, this girl in Hamilton County commented on here. It just happened to be Brandy. So me and Brandy got in touch. And I said, you want to meet? So we met. We started talking and said, well, nobody's doing anything in Hamilton County. Let's Mm -hmm. start a Moms for Liberty Hamilton County. We had no idea where this was going to lead. We thought we were going to start a Facebook page. And... Be like, we need to be on the lookout for CRT. We need to be on the lookout for things that could be happening in Hamilton yeah. County. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not plan on pulling my kids from public school. But the more we dug, it was like a can of worms. Mm-hmm. We opened it up and just filth and continued to just pour out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was no way I could put my kids back in that mm-hmm. with a good conscience. Um, and so... That's how me and Brandy met, and then Robin was there within, I mean, like a week. It's just that we've been <laughs> at every board meeting. We've just uh-huh. continued to dig and dig and dig, uh-huh. and um, we're just doing our best to try to <laughs> That's great. bring yeah. some things to light to parents who have no idea. Well, here's, here's what I want to talk about next with you guys, because this is the thing that really I spend my days thinking about, um, is what does it take for people to realize a threat or what does it take for people to wake up because this is the one thing that uh, i really try to emphasize on my podcast all the time and what i find very often is when you talk to people if they're not aware of the threat they immediately think that you're crazy Mm -hmm. so the way i i kind of think about this is if in 2019 december and merry christmas by the way we're close um if in 2019 of december i had said there's going to be a global pandemic. It's going to cause the world to shut down. The government is going to shut down businesses and they're going to shut down churches. Mm-hmm. Hide and watch. Now, if I, and I illustrate everything that's about to take place, you know, and then in the midst of all of that, when we're supposed to be quarantining because people could die, there's going to be riots and looting and all of this racial conversation that gets stirred up in the midst of an election year. Uh, and I say all of these things. The person that was hearing that would say, Reed, you are crazy. That is never going to happen. Conspiracy yeah, it's, it's all a conspiracy <laughs> theory until it becomes a reality. Um, and so th- the point is, is that like, sure, there's ways that we can be new, knee-jerk reactionaries. But the problem for most of us is that we are not proactive in recognizing true threats until we finally step into the doo-doo. Yep. And that's when we finally realize, oh, there's dog poop around here. And I better be more careful. And it's and it's and it's almost too late at that point in time when you've stepped in it. But I and I really think this is where we're at with with this whole school board discussion is for years these guys have gone unchecked without mm-hmm. having any accountability whatsoever mm-hmm. from parents, the taxpayers who pay for mm-hmm. these teachers and pay for these school board members and all of this stuff. Um, so I want to talk really, really quick, kind of maybe about your experiences or what you would say to the opposition for just a moment, because there's two people on the opposition. Um, they, they say, oh, that stuff doesn't exist. Or they take the most ridiculous talking point, in my opinion, because I've posted stuff on this and I have back and forth with people on social media. The most ridiculous talking point is, well, we should appreciate everybody's viewpoint and teach all viewpoints. And then I even saw this at the school board meeting I went to with you guys where let them read. And I was, mm-hmm. that was my first time being exposed to that dumb talking point. Like we're talking about like, so we should let them read anything. So let's just put playboys in the classroom. Exactly. So no, obviously a discerning, understanding adult human being with an operating prefrontal cortex understands that no, we're not going to let our kids read just anything. Mm-hmm. And this is not really about suppressing education. This is about effective education. Right. And we were talking about like in Maryland where kids can't even do basic math or, or, or many of them are illiterate. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about trying to make sure that they understand a racial essentialistic arguments like critical race theory and all sorts of other abominable stuff that's going on in the school system. So um, I just want to take some time to talk about kind of what you guys have heard in terms of uh, what keeps people from being active and what keeps people from waking up to the reality of what's right in front of their face. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, we're in the South, yeah. right? We're in the Bible Belt. We're safe here. Everybody right. is, um, <clears throat> nobody thinks it's going to happen here in this little town that we live in. Mm-hmm. I live in Appison. It's a five-star school. Would never, mm-hmm. I mean, like we moved here to be in this school system. Why would we ever have to worry about something like this like they just think it's 
definitely. It may be out west. It may be in a liberal state, but it will not be in mm-hmm. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Hamilton County is, you know, it's conservative. It's safe. It's safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that's what we could, what shocked me the most initially was to con- was to be constantly hearing people, <clears throat> including the school board members, say, that's not happening here. That's not in Hamilton County. Not in Tennessee. Not in Chattanooga. You know, I mean, just, and you're, and there was uh, there was even a small part of me that thought you know well yeah I mean clearly you know Chattanooga is not is not Denver so obviously there is a lot that that probably isn't here or hasn't happened here you know my initial um, you know reason for going to to the school board was thinking like well how can I support the school board you know even though I'm a homeschooler I pay taxes I'm a parent I'm a member of you know this community how can I help how can I support them um how can I you know maybe keep things out that haven't come here yet or help them understand like here's what happened when it was in Denver here's why it was a horrible idea please don't let it happen here and I was so so discouraged you know even a part of me I think was was naive initially and when we started digging when we really started seeing because at the at one of those initial school board meetings that we went to a couple of people got up and and sort of in a roundabout way accused the school board of allowing all of these things to have infiltrated the school um without sort of without really having any proof and and the school board you know called them on that and basically said, well, that's not happening here, and I don't know what schools you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. So we thought, well, I mean, is that true? I mean, are, are they right? Is is there no critical race theory, you know, yeah. in this curriculum? Is there no LGBTQ agenda or, you know, foul language or, you know, whatever the case may be, comprehensive sex education? So, well, let's see. I mean, let's open up the books and see. I hope they're right. Like, I hope that we're just standing here looking like idiots thinking that, well, we're just kind of going off of things we've seen online or read or all of these videos we're seeing, the news. But we were we were so, I mean, we just got sucked into this vortex of filth and indoctrination yeah. and, you know, Marxism. And, <laughs> I mean, it really was just to the point of, surely they know that this stuff is in here mm-hmm. either they know and they're hiding it and they're covering themselves because they know nobody has held them accountable they know nobody has held their feet to the fire or they think we won't go look or you know maybe some of them up there are truly naive and really don't think but have they looked i mean i you know what's going on here and like i said i mean and we've just barely scratched the surface in the things we've uncovered i mean and and a lot of the books that we've opened have only been because you know certain members of our group or neighbors or you know brandy and julie were able to pull these books out of their own child's backpack and flip through them because there's this tone right now and this is nationwide of parents aren't allowed in the buildings because oh covid mm-hmm. um a lot of terrorists. these right yes these mm-hmm. books don't go home with the kids they stay at the school so how are you to know and then not only that um you know what we found too is like well, we really don't want you at the school board meetings either yeah <laughs> so you know how parents are how are they supposed to know and and even in some of some of the stuff that we've read is flat out unapologetically in your face blatant horrible stuff yeah some of it has been us digging into the teacher trainings and and finding that like okay well maybe what the kids are initially reading is not bad but the way the teachers are told to spin it is mortifying uh, is critical race theory is divisive is um, revisionist history is yeah. and so that's been very discouraging. I think a lot of parents, you know, have said things to us like, "Well, my my teacher would never teach that stuff," or "Oh, well, she would just ignore that teacher training and do it." Okay, well, I mean, number one, do you know that for sure? Mm-hmm. And number two, you're kind of playing Russian roulette with your kids, depending on like the teacher that you get or the principal that you get or the administration that you get. I mean, we. We have met a lot of these teachers. We've talked to them. Most of the ones we've met are ones who have left because they refuse to teach this kind of stuff anymore. They refuse to let their children be exposed to it. Um, but what we've heard continually is that is that teachers are afraid. Um, they're afraid for their jobs. They are afraid they will be bullied. We Teachers have told us that they won't come to school board meetings. Yeah. And I thought, what? What do you mean you won't come to a school board meeting? You're a teacher. And they have said that if they come to school board meetings, they will be targeted they will be harassed. They'll they will eventually lose their job. That is absolutely yeah. insane. That is 
insane. Yeah. It shows the state of where we're kind of at with all of this stuff. And so I, let's I just drill down just a little bit further because I think um, uh, one of the things that I saw, and this was startling to me, and, I, and you guys saw it too, where uh, there was a library. It wasn't our library. It was in a different city and state. And they were saying, we keep this up. We'll have no more books on our shelves mm-hmm. in the teen section and, and all this stuff. And, uh, and, and so I want to nuance that really, really quick. Because one of the things I like to do is I like to try to crawl into the head of the opposition mm-hmm. so, that we're, so that we're not just beating one drum and the sound of one hand clapping, but so that we can be fair about kind of sure. what we're talking about. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to straw man an argument. So uh, I think it's possible for parents to be a little bit too aggressive and to try to uh, perhaps eliminate too much. But that's not what we're talking about at the table, mm-hmm. right? Correct. We're not talking about... Um, Maybe a difference of opinion. Maybe a Christian doesn't want Harry Potter in their public school library or in the public library. Um, And so we get rid of anything that hints of witchcraft or anything like that. No, we're talking about things that are actually really aggressively bad. For instance, I'll I'll be the first one to say, I'm a father. I don't want my kid reading Jacob's Dress, which is a book that is required reading in some, it's not, again, not in Hamilton County as far as I know, but in other school districts it is, which is uh, required reading for a fourth grader about how a boy wants to go to school wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. Like, no sir, no ma'am. Uh, mm-hmm. And those categories still exist, by the way. Um, that's not happening in, in my school. That's not happening with my kid. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what we're actually talking about so that we don't have... Um, you know, the let them read crowd with the fascist Nazi talk and saying you're trying to burn books. Uh, no, let's get down to the facts and let's talk about what we're actually talking about in terms of some of the content that's being, uh, and let's do here and, and then even other places. But uh, let's start here, if we can, with some of the things that are being talked about in our schools here in, in Hamilton County. Sure. Um You've touched on a lot of good things. Uh, one of the things I wanted to say was that in Hamilton County, there's such a large percentage of parents that either homeschool their kids or send their kids to private yeah. school. Mm-hmm. So those people will say, well, I've already I've already saved my kids uh-huh. from exposure to this, so we're good. We're not going to do anything else. Or empty nesters or people without children. Mm-hmm. And my message to them consistently is you're still going to pay the price for what these children are taught in Mm. public schools. Yeah, that's really Um, good. They are taught anti-American, anti-conservative, anti-Christian values Mm -hmm. when they become voters. Yeah. That's going to affect you. When they become your doctor, they become your police officer. Right. This is all going to affect us. I want to insert this here, too, because we do the same thing with, like, Twitter and with uh, university. So we've got, you know— Unnumerable, innumerable accounts of kind of things that are being taught in university and things that are happening in university mm-hmm. with the silencing of free speech. And then you have like only like people of color only student unions. It's like, what are we even talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a place yeah. where diversity of thought is welcomed anymore. Mm-hmm. You've got the vast majority of your professors, uh, neo Marxist, postmodernist, teaching nonsense to their to kids. And for the longest time, this is what we've said Twitter's not a real place. You know, don't worry about Twitter. And then we've said, mm-hmm those kids will grow out of it. They'll learn these stupid ideas. They're just growing, mm-hmm. you know, growing pains, mm-hmm. going through these phases. They'll grow out of this when they finally get, you know, graduate college and get into the real world. Well, we're already recognizing the problem with this talking point is instead of actually them growing up, they've um, started to uh, to put pressure upon corporations and industry yep. to change according to their dictates. Mm-hmm. And because so many people are so cowardly, and this comes kind of circles back to the conversation of parents. So many people are so cowardly, they cave to that nonsense. And they're effectively, a small minority of people are effectively changing the culture here in America to mirror uh, principles and values that don't, is not recognizable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly not anything I want my uh, kids to grow up with beyond what I think the vast majority of Americans, if they wake up, would say, no, 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 we can't, we can't go there. And the thing that comes to mind, too, just as a side note, is like kind of diversity, equity, inclusion, all that kind of training that's happening in the corporate world. So the point being is that we got to take this stuff seriously and we can't continue to sweep it under the rug and pretend like it doesn't matter and then watch the culture change before our eyes. Uh, Watch professors 
professors being harassed in their car because they're not teaching what the students want them to teach or reading something that the students don't want them to read. And it's just like, this is university, bro. This is where you're supposed to go and learn stuff, not stuff that you agree with, but learn stuff. Um, and so, so I think we have to take this stuff so seriously. Sure. Well, and that's the approach that we encourage and that we have taken is, well, let's, let's understand what's going on. The first step is to be aware, right? And um, to be aware of all sides of it. And I would say, you know, my background, um, I was adopted out of foster care. We were foster parents. My children, uh, my biological children have grown up learning more perspectives than maybe some other children would because we're parenting children. You know, their parents are in in and out of jail, drug rehab, domestic violence. So so we're very open with our kids. And um, so uh, in our approach was, well, here, let's, we don't want our kid reading this particular book by himself or herself. Let's read it as a family, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what we thought we would just continue to do with our kids. And so what one of our first steps as a group was to figure out what's being taught, what, what really yeah. is in our school, right? Mm-hmm. So we requested from the district, you know, what curriculum is being used. We had, you know, done a lot of research, a lot of back and forth to get that information and um, started to figure out, boy, there's, there's so much in here. Um, one of the things you just said, if you had said nine months ago, you know, or 2019, this is all going to happen. Um, one of the things, personally, somebody had told me, you know, uh, Bezos from Amazon is and involved Bezos, in, yeah. and, and Mark Zuckerberg. And I thought, oh, y'all are crazy. You are crazy. Um, but when we did research about the curriculum Hamilton County uses for English, ELA, in elementary school. And what is ELA? English, English language arts. Language. Okay. Mm-hmm, K through five. They use curriculum from a company called EL Education. Mm-hmm. And when you do a little bit of research, and we provide links and background for all of this, because we want to show the data. We're not making this stuff up. And this was developed by Facebook and by uh, Bezos, or at least the private funding. From they those guys. are supported by. Okay. So it's biggest like, supporters. Yes. So they so El Education thanks their biggest supporters, mm-hmm. and includes the Bezos Family Foundation. Um, the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Bloomberg Philanthropies. Further down, a smaller is the Walton family. So you consistently see those, you know, those influences that we thought. Left-leaning, by the way, all Mm -hmm. it seems, corporations. Why are you? Yeah. So, and as we read further, um, what is in this material? Why is it an issue? Surely it's fine, right? We all, there's kind of been this societally accepted standard that in elementary school, you're going to keep material pretty G-rated, right? Right. Pretty clean. And even through high school, you're pretty PG, PG PG-13. You know, you really, we thought that was the standard. Until we looked at, we looked at actual curriculum, we looked at teacher training, and we've looked at um, supplemental material, recommended reading, summer reading lists, and you will be led astray by the other side who is saying, these things aren't in the classroom. They're just sitting on library shelves. Students are never going to have access. It's not required. Um, That's not true. They are putting these directly in front of students. Um, one of the books, um, and this one was on the recommended reading list, um, was the first page of that book says, you suck. That's what I'm going to say when I find you and shove it in your mouth hole. So whether it is my daughter reading that or my son reading that, we don't support students learning that that's a way that women should be treated. Right. Well, and tell them what the next line of that is. Yes. The next line was, well, thank goodness he didn't send a D-I-C-K pick. Mm. And so this was for what grade again? Um, Eighth through 12th grade. Okay. So eight, eighth grade, that's roughly, what, 13 years old? Yeah. Um, but if you have an advanced reader, I know, you know, for me, and I think this is for a lot of people, like oldest child is typically like the, the advanced reader. Um you know, they're reading books, you know, a couple of levels up from their actual age. So if they're in the public schools, I mean, you may have a sixth grader reading these things. So yeah. now you're talking about like 11 years old. And I mean, I don't, you know, some of this stuff is just, 
even if you would allow your 17 year old or something to, you know, watch shows with this language or read this kind of stuff. Okay. That's your personal choice. Do it Mm -hmm. in your own home. Watch whatever Netflix shows you want that are as mature as they want. Like go for it. But I don't want my kids reading that or watching that or, you know, at 11 years old or 17 years old, are they going to know that language is in the world? Of course they are. You know, we constantly hear people and you know moms for social justice say things like well they're going to hear that in the school hallways yeah, this is the in, way they're talking anyway. in publics and blah 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 you know of course they are well duh because every time you step out your front door and you don't even have to step out your front door to hear those kinds of things where but like is is that the standard if yeah, we're trying I, to this raise is what I, this is, I have to interject here because i don't get that at all yeah. i try to be as fair and even-minded as I possibly can about all things and try to understand people's perspective. I don't get that at all. Like, so yes, they're talking like this. I'm not an idiot. I was in high school too. Like, I mean, I was talking about that way in middle school. But so now we're going to endorse it as a school and we're going to endorse it from our teachers. Like, so I just, I don't get that talking point whatsoever where people are just like, they're doing this anyway. So we're just introducing this to them. Like, I mean, could you make that argument with Tide Pods? Like, we've kind of said that, where it's like, well, I mean, they're eating them anyway. You know, they're challenging each other. So why don't we just put it on the lunch trays? Put it on the... Like, no, we're not going to do that, right? You're going to lock them up. Yeah. Like, because children's brains are growing. Children are foolish. It just is what it is. They need to be trained. Like, this is... It is a parent's job, you know, and and I would argue an an educator's job Mm -hmm. to train them how to be productive, upstanding, you know members of society i'm sure everybody anybody who would watch this would love it if if one day tomorrow someone came up with the cure for cancer or you know whatever the next best invention is to save lives or you know make things easier or more streamlined or whatever is this how you raise those minds like is this how you raise the next generation of brilliant inventors or people who are going to have you know tremendous impact on the world for good is it to constantly use the f word and gain violence and talk about beating up cops and you know lgbtq heroes and um i mean some of these books literally have you know people who with incest who have raped their own children who are carving bible verses into their skin as abuse like this is what we're reading yeah like oh how the mighty have fallen from like the classics, what is going on now? The classics are the are as, as offensive as it gets. To kill a mockingbird, don't you that dare bring allowed. that book in here. Yeah. How right. offensive! Well, so, yeah, that's but white you know savior what? complex. F you. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah, sure. Well, and that's that's something I would encourage, whether it's parents or grandparents or just any taxpayer, um, pay attention. We have all thought there was a standard, a minimum standard mm-hmm. to be met within schools. And um, I have been surprised that that doesn't exist. We have been surprised when we have asked the school district who reviews and approves this material. There's no standard process. If, you know, Susie activist down the hallway really wants, you know, people reading, her students reading about whatever behavior she thinks is okay she'll just bring it in a classroom and that's so your child is exposed to all of these things you didn't expect to happen at school yeah so and one of another example provide some more of that because i think that's important for people to hear so that they'll actually know and we're not talking about you know every now and again a little word happening um we're so this book um one book, uh, The Hate You Give, is used in 10th grade English class. Um, and I don't have that in front of me right now. The, the sequel to that is called On the Come Up. And this language is consistent. Um, I murder this chick in cold blood like some someone did her whack ASS father. F that word. F that school. F all this. Um, school pride turns into gangs. Man, F your little lollipop looking ASS. Um, delightful. Oh, yeah. Well, and it gets better. Here's here's the other message. So um, kids in the projects love Auntie Pooh because she gives them money. They don't care how she gets it. She happens to be a drug dealer. Um, if Trey can't make it by doing everything right, who can? Trey is the only character in this book that 
has gone to college and he's back working at a pizza shop and broke. So they're pointing out that these drug dealers are the only ones in the neighborhood. Actually, and yeah, it says the that. The system doesn't work. It's set up right. against you. Yeah. Yeah. Here. And it says in here, here my brother is doing everything right. Nothing is coming from it. Meanwhile, Aunt Pooh's doing everything we've been told not to do. And she's the one giving us food when we need it. The drug dealers in my neighborhood aren't struggling. Everyone else is. Mm-hmm. This one, this book, um, you know, they're talking about cocking glocks and shooting cops. They, uh, a group of teens in a high school are chanting that song as they beat their two school security officers. So tell me how this is a message that needs to be sent to high school kids. Or educational. Explain it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. And the, the response we get from some of these very thoughtful people are like, well, we read Romeo and Juliet and that's about teen suicide. Like there's no difference (laughs) between what we just read. And, and I, I wondered about this too, is when we're saying that we're just opening the eyes of our kids and letting them see this stuff so that they can have a realistic view of the world. Um, my question is, is like, what world are we trying to introduce them to? Mm-hmm. Not to mention the world that you're introducing them to this is a really sincere question is, do you have any regard for what the kind of racial animosity that you're stoking is going to create, the fact that it could cost people's lives, that um, teaching kids, young kids especially, especially young black kids, that the police are against you and uh, that they're your enemies, even if you're just trying to illustrate what people think in in a subset, a cultural subset. Uh, is there no regard for the fact that that has implications, that there's collateral damage to these horrible, god-awful ideas? And this is where I would say to parents and anybody listening, this is why you got to be active. This is why you got to stand up. This is why you have to fight this kind of stuff, because we need to be endorsing good values and good principles, not just trying to help people understand what's really going on in the world. Well, what happened to, like, trying to create a better world than the one that we have? So far, we have found, just so far, five books in our schools that talk about police officers shooting unarmed black children, riots ensue, and it's clearly an intentional message that's anti-police officers, right? So uh, again, even if you don't have a kid at school, but you've got a police officer in your family that you'd like to have a a better relationship or response with their community, y'all need to know that this is what schools are teaching about our police officers. Yeah. Well, and this is this is the thing. I mean, to go off of what you just talked about, Reed. So, I think that people think that education or public education is neutral. Mm. It's not neutral. There's an agenda. Yeah. Everything has an agenda. I mean, at this point, people have got to come to grips with that. There is no standard of just like we're just going to teach them to read and write and do math and send them on their merry way. And what? I mean, well, read and write what? Yeah. You know, is, mm. is the first question they need to be asking. You know, now somehow math is racist. Like, that's just a whole other thing. But when you start digging into all of this, you know, you realize there is such a greater agenda here happening. So some people are on board with that agenda. I mean, yeah. we've met parents at these school board meetings who have stood up, you know, and spoke and said, like, this is what they want their kids reading. They think this is beneficial for them. They think this is the real world. And this represents, you know, all subgroups and minorities and people of color. And, you know, all the white people need to just get over their white fragility and be okay with it. And this is what the white kids need to know because otherwise they just continue in their, you know, white ignorance and blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, and we've been, we have been accused of wanting some of these books pulled from the shelves, you know, banned, burned, whatever, um, because they have, because they're from authors of color. Well, first of all, I mean, we don't even look into who these authors really are other than sometimes we, we recognize their names because we know they are well-known social justice activists. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't pull up these authors and go, we had to go I back wonder and what look color and see. they are. Right. We had to go you back know, and look. I mean, exactly. like, <laughs> you know, and um, and, and that's, secondly, that's their MO, by the way. They care about race infinitely. Correct. Yeah. Well, you know, but, you know, in addition to that, we have members of our group and I have personal friends that are black, you know, and, and others that are just non-white. And, you know, I've asked them these questions of, okay, so we've been told that books like To Kill a Mockingbird or Huckleberry Finn or some of these classics are so offensive and oppressive to you. I would genuinely like to know. I'm raising, you know, my husband is white. We are raising a brown child right now in America. I mean, am I completely out of 
you know, alignment. I mean, are, is this offensive? You know, growing up reading these classics, were, yeah. did yeah. you feel oppressed? Did you feel, because I would like to know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they, it's like laughable to them. I mean, they sit there and they're like, are you really asking this? I yeah. mean, you know, they're like, no, I mean, no, we weren't offended. You know, one of, one of our close friends has said to us that, you know, um, Gone with the Wind was one of her all-time favorite stories. You know, she's black, and she still is her all-time favorite book. She was Scarlett O'Hara as a child. She still loves Scarlett O'Hara. You know, we're just, this has gotten so out of control, Mm -hmm. so out of control. I don't care what color you are. When you are talking about child abuse and incest and rape and gang violence and police brutality and revisionist history, and I don't care where you come from or what color you are. It is wrong. It is wickedness. And people have got to stand up. Nobody is going and and researching. You know, parents aren't pulling these these things out of their kids' backpack and and researching yeah. the publishers or who's writing it or nobody's doing that. Yep. And let's well, let's go ahead and state this real too for the record. So we're talking about elementary, middle, and even high school. We're correct. not talking about college. College correct. is the place where you go right. to test your ideas. Right. College is the place where you go to be challenged. College is the idea where you go, is the place where you go to hear things that you disagree with and you and you wrestle about with those things. But sure. that's not what you do in elementary school, and that's mm-hmm. not what you do in middle school. We're really talking about age-appropriateness, right? Yeah. A concept that you can discuss with a 12th grader is very different than what you can discuss with a kindergartner, Mm -hmm. right? So we have to be age appropriate at at times that we introduce different concepts and talk about these things. And, And we're not stupid. You know, I know that my kids' friends are using language that we don't use at our house. They're doing well, and that's fine. Um, but not at my house. Yep. And they know, you know, they call me Mama Howard. Um, we don't do that at Mama Howard's house. They know that. So children are fully capable mm-hmm. of understanding within the context of a school building, or let's talk about training them to go to work, right? Training mm-hmm. these students to become functional professionals. This language and this behavior is not acceptable in a professional workplace. Mm-hmm. Why are we teaching them that it's acceptable at school? The other problem here is that what's it, I think 36% of students in Hamilton County public schools can read on grade level. Yeah. But what we're finding is, first of all, okay, um, that it's unfair to teachers. So this narrative that we don't support public school or um, Moms for Liberty doesn't support teachers is false. We're saying we wholeheartedly support good teachers. We think it's unfair to put upon them this added weight of all this other stuff, mm-hmm. all of these you know, social whatever messages which distracts from their job of teaching children, of educating children, right? Education versus uh, indoctrination, but there's another word for it. But that's, let's focus on true education and equipping yeah. these kids. And they've created this environment where two things. We've got teachers coming to us privately, um, giving us information that they can't act on themselves because they're afraid of the repercussions of it. So you're going to see teachers that support this garbage because they feel confident that they can be loud Mm -hmm. without repercussion. You're not going to see opposition talk about this. You're also not going to see we have got um, people of color in the background giving us information, giving us messages, coaching us up. And we say, hey, can you go? Can you present this message? And they say to us their words, the cost is too high. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. My friends, my family Mm -hmm. will disown me if I oppose this message. Okay, so I feel like there's so much more that we could talk about. But the one thing that that I wrestle with. And I'm wondering kind of how you guys have wrestled with this as well, because I think one of the things at the end of the day is uh, goes back to what you said with education not being neutral. Mm-hmm. So what we're actually really experiencing, I think, is not really an argument over these books, because any good parent that cares about their kids understands that this stuff is just not good. What we're actually fighting over is an agenda. And it's like, which agenda is going to win? So in all fairness, Moms for Liberty have an agenda. Um, Moms for Social Justice have an agenda. And I wonder about, like, which agenda at the end of the day will 
will win and the merits of fighting with those agendas. But, but, but you also said something else about that as far as agenda is concerned. When we really look at America, mm-hmm. let's say that that agenda is supposed to come from um, the wishes and the will of, of the parents. And when it really gets down at the end of the day, what do these parents really want? Um, uh, I think what you'll find by and large is that most parents, if they were exposed to what was actually happening, would say something about this stuff and say, no, that is not acceptable. And so I think to really phrase this the right way, this is where my mind goes, to really phrase this the right way so that we're being honest, intellectually honest about this conversation is we're talking about a few activists mm-hmm. with a little bit of power who want to impose their agenda as opposed to the will of the parents who are the taxpayers right. and what their agenda is. Mm-hmm. So that's where, where what I think like ultimately we really have to have this conversation about which agenda we're going to actually allow to uh, to, to be supported and to, and to move forward. So mm-hmm. do you, does that make sense? You guys know what I mean? I think it's a clear choice uh, that unfortunately the media is not going to present, right? Yeah. So Moms for Liberty and organizations like us are saying we believe parents have authority and responsibility for their children. The children belong to us. That is my job as a parent. Uh, The opposing side will say those children belong to the community. Mm. That we've heard in Virginia them say that, yes, that parents have no business getting involved in their children's education. We have to leave that to the educators or the the professionals, right? Our opinion as parents is not welcome in the schools. We as Moms for Liberty is saying, my choices for my child are always yeah. going to trump I love everything that. else. The agenda that trumps all other agendas is the parents' desire uh, to protect their children. No, no other agenda matters. Well, and I, I think that they continue to accuse us to say that, you know, we're out of touch or we don't want the kids to learn about hard things or, you know, that, uh, you know, anything bad ever happened in America or in history or, you know, that... We don't want to teach the civil rights movement that's and some of these crazy things. <laughs> that, you know, just, give that's me so a freaking asinine. break. Well, you know, and every single thing that they're learning now goes completely against Martin Luther King's idea of I want my children to be judged based on the content of their character, not mm-hmm. the color of their skin. Everything now in this is completely contrary to that. It is the the first thing you're going to see is race, and that's what we're going to base all of our other, you know, assumptions off of. Um when you when you start diving in, I mean, and and we've gone as early as as third grade, and and you know we would love if anyone is out there listening and you would like to let us borrow your kindergartner and second graders, um, textbooks. you know, textbooks, uh, uh, ELA books and things like that. We would love to dig through them, but you know they they start in third grade reading Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Great, like right? Sounds Who doesn't like, like Peter classic. Pan? Awesome, yeah, sure. um, but it. It dives in. Well, first it paints a picture of the author being like old and out of date and out of touch. And while he lived in Europe when people didn't really travel back then and when they did, they saw people that didn't look like them. And so it caused them to, you know, speak in stereotypes. And, you know, it's like one of the vocab words in third grade is stereotypes. And, you know, then they go into why this is sexist and racist, why Peter Pan is a sexist and racist story. The kids are told to rewrite it to right the wrongs. Like there's all of this stuff. Then they continue going through all of this sort of activism training. We're going to write public service announcements and, you know, all these things. I want to I want to stop right there. Don't, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I do have to say this is where parents get the idea. And this is where you get called a conspiracy theorist, where parents right. get the idea that, OK, now you're grooming my child. You're mm-hmm. trying to teach mm-hmm. my child to to be something that they are not. And then this is, again, where right. education is not neutral. Right. And, and by the way, people say uh, we have to teach kids what to think, not how to think. But part of education right. is thinking is about how to think as well. Right. right. And so we're, it's really this competing of like what way, way is going to win for how our kids should think. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and America has a hard history. Sure. I mean, it just does. That's the story of the whole world is yeah. a hard history <laughs> because people, people do horrible things to each other. Um, well, let's but address... America's story is miraculous, sure. right? Like it is the only like. Let's talk about the. If hard you're going to be honest, and the fact yeah. that Absolutely. we were the only nation on the face of the planet to to self correct, and and really right these wrongs. And did it take a while? Yeah. And and should it have been quicker? 
Sure. It was quicker and, here than anywhere else. You know, it was quicker here than anywhere else in the history of the world. And did all of those things happen? And were some of them not long ago? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about just, you know, sure. the 60s. Whatever. Okay. But are we still living under that? Right? Like that's the spin now is not, is let's, we're going to revise all the history. Everything you thought you knew is wrong. It's actually really this way. Right. Yeah. And we're currently still living under that. Like, right. I'm sorry. When is the last time that, I mean, I've never walked in anywhere with my Brown child and been told you can't, he can't be in here. We're mm-hmm. not going to serve you here. He has to drink from that water fountain. Right? There are currently no laws happening in the U S that are preventing anyone of color from uh, hello, becoming president or anything else on our school board, our judges, anything, right? Being served any restaurant you go in, any, like that's crazy. But that's the attitude and the narrative that's happening right now. Well, let's talk system. about that lie, right? The lie that um, Moms for Liberty just doesn't want truth to be taught in schools. No, we actually want truth, fact, data taught. We don't want opinions taught. And here's an example. And and because of what we're talking about, and so much of this is so hard to believe, you'll find every time you talk to us, we will give you the sources. We will give you the data. We will show you our references in their material. This comes directly from the teacher material for this um, curriculum used in our schools when they're teaching fourth grade about um, yeah grade four module three when they're teaching about american history with american indians that's i mean that's ugly right Mm -hmm. that's one of the most embarrassing things that i think is in our history it says teacher talking point what can you infer about the treatment of american indians after the american revolution and why they were treated badly people thought it was fair to do so because of what the Declaration of Independence said. (laughs) They're teaching our children that the Declaration of Independence caused American Indians to be treated badly. See, this is good. That's that's not true. (laughs) See, that's that's an important thing, because what we're talking about now is not just even competing agendas. Now we're just talking about reality and good quality education, Mm -hmm. because I think that that does maybe... um, kind of bring us back full circle to to the question is that this is what we're really after at the end of the day. We're after the truth and we're after quality education, yes. not agendavized education, not uh, a personal perspective, not Howard Zinzian, by the way, I don't know if you know who Howard no. Zinn is, but anyway, he's the, he's, the, he's the one that painted the picture that the Native Americans were living this beautiful utopia until the white mm-hmm. man came and destroyed mm-hmm. everything, right. it, like totally un- ignoring yeah. the fact that they were cannibalizing each other, Absolutely. destroying each other's lands, raping and pillaging and doing all of those other things, because that was the name of the game back right, then. Right, because they were also human beings and sinners and yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. It was not a utopia. Well, and here's the thing the that we want. Yes, we want quality education. We want truth. And I am able to provide that to my child without the government providing resources. But I want that same quality for yeah. every child. If a child, if a child's parents cannot afford private education, cannot um, stay home from work to homeschool, I still want that child to have a quality education. So um, the work that we're doing is for, we've got a a combination of folks in our group, some homeschools, some private schools, some public school, but all of us are really advocating for the benefit of public education. Mm -hmm. Kids need truth. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, guys, there is so much more to talk about. I would love to be able to dig into um, kind of some of the overreach of the federal government and becoming the parents of kids. Um, uh, And we could even take the conversation of grooming a little bit further down the road, because when you start to really put these pieces together, it's just like, whoa. Um, But nonetheless, there's so much more to talk about. Um, So you guys will have to come on again. But also, too, parents need to take this conversation Mm -hmm. and need to go beyond anything that we've said today and go research for themselves. Because I think Mm -hmm. once they finally step in it, that's when they'll finally realize it's an issue. So what are some of the things that they can do to go get informed about what's taking place specifically in Hamilton County Schools. Mm-hmm. Good point. You can find us at momsforliberty.org, and then you put in your zip code and find the local group. That'll take you to our website. We've got a public Facebook group, um, M as in moms, the number four L Chattanooga. Okay. Uh, we've got a private group, um, but I would encourage parents, do your research. Don't just assume 
uh, what you're hearing from somewhere. Do your research, find the data, um, and know that you as a parent have authority. Mm -hmm. And if you find something inappropriate for your child, opt out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can tell them, my child will not participate in that. Um, Check their book bags. You don't know... They go to the library. They're able to check out books. Nobody is monitoring Mm -hmm. what books they're choosing. Mm -hmm. Um, I never monitored what Mm -hmm. books my child chose. I assumed if they were in the library, Mm -hmm. they're appropriate. I had Mm -hmm. to sign off on videos that were PG. Why would I need to worry about what was in the library, (laughs) right? So I would say check what's in the book bag. See what assignments they're doing. If it doesn't look appropriate, you know, question it. Yeah, Yeah, and we have on our website links to a lot of what we found even links to you know videos of portions of school board meetings um you know anybody can come to a school board meeting there once a month um you know you can go to uh, hcde.com.org uh, Hamilton County Department of Education um and you know click on school board click on schedule of sessions you can see when they are anybody can come um get there early because the seats fill up and there aren't many mm-hmm. um and that's purposeful and in our opinion but um you know so so do your research but but what i would say is i think it's overwhelming i think parents don't know where to start so you can go to our website and we've done a lot of it for you and but you know come come to the school board meetings or watch them online you can watch them on youtube you can watch them live or you can you know hamilton county department of education has their own youtube channel you can watch it live or you can go back and watch it i would say that there are things that happen live that we find later get cut out Mm -hmm. of the the ones that end up on youtube so that's the importance of being there in person you know what we have found is yes you can stream it yes you can go back and watch it but being there in person is when you you really see what's going on you see the dynamic but the school board members and and the executive board see you they see the parents you know shaking their heads like no that's a horrible idea (laughs) you know or yes great you know good idea or you know and so I I mean that's important because Mm -hmm. otherwise if you're watching it online and then you just shut it off they don't hear from you you know I, I mean I guess if you're doing it that way I would say you know call them email them find out what district you're in find out who your school board member is start looking at how they vote listen to the things that they say like you know we've we've we're posting some things like that we're going to start posting charts of like things that they voted on in each of their names and have they voted yes or no no matter what it is whether it's socio-emotional learning or masks or um you know some of this curriculum stuff and how they're spending their budget i mean right now we're searching for a new superintendent like that's a huge thing why did the last one leave well who's currently running it why doesn't she want to stay permanently i mean this there's all kinds of cans of worms that we could get into but get (laughs) off the bench and come join us because these are the people that are making the decisions that affect your children if you don't have children in the system it's still affecting you because it affects our entire community you're paying for it as a taxpayer you don't like this garbage i don't want to buy this I wouldn't go into a store and buy this for my child or any other child. I don't want to pay for it with my taxes either. That makes me mad. So, like, yes, come come let them know that you don't want to pay for this stuff. Let's find an alternative. Let's come up with solutions. Mm -hmm. That's huge. We want to be solutions-focused as well. Yeah, we need to quit abdicating our responsibility with our kids. We need to quit abdicating our responsibility with our government. So if – I, I'm going to butcher this, but I think it was Benjamin Franklin's who said that if we care for safety rather than freedom, we deserve neither. Right. Um, so we we have to realize that our responsibility is our government. I know Benjamin Franklin did say this when mm-hmm. asked if we were given a monarchy or a republic. He yes. said a republic, madam, you if you, you can, can keep, keep it. it. And that's mm-hmm. so it's up to us. There's a responsibility. Right? And Absolutely. John Adams said... Part of that responsibility is being a moral people, um, without which this constitution, this uh, republic will will fail. So mm-hmm. we have a moral obligation to stand up and do something about it. And uh, by the way, I'll say when I went to my first school board meeting that you guys invited me to, I uh, I was amazed. Uh, it wasn't the, the parents talking that was the most interesting part to me and addressing the school board, which is often what you see on the news. Mm-hmm. The thing, just hearing them talk was mm-hmm. was eye-opening for me mm-hmm. because they're doing stuff with our tax dollars that I'm just like, well, bro, there are people who can't even read. There are mm-hmm. people who can't even do basic math. And you guys yeah. are trying to erect yeah. facilities that help people get on food stamps. Like there are mm-hmm. places for that out there already that are supposed to be doing that. Can we focus on education and just seeing some of what's happening with the way that education is evolving to become this, this monster that's mm-hmm. not even 
focused on education with they and they call it of course because the left is really good at labeling things mm -hmm. whole child education All and what right. they mean by that is that they want to be the parent for these yeah, kids right. exactly. um, instead of let the parents be the parents and uh, anyway, so much more to say about that, yeah. but it's really eye-opening. So that said, I just want to say thank you, ladies, for everything that you're doing you. to help parents. I know the journey. I know the struggle is mm -hmm. real. It's hard to get people to wake up out of their stupor because complacency is so much easier than And I would active. say we understand parents are busy. They're overwhelmed. For sure. One, our goal is we to shortcut <laughs> this, right? Right. Um, but our goal, and I joke about putting together a Cliff Notes version, if you are willing to stand up and get involved and don't know how, yes. reach out, email, send us a message, and we will give you ideas. We will coach you. Um, so you don't have to invest a lot of time trying to figure it out. The thing that hooked me was what's on your website. So people need to go to the website and they need to look at the place where you go through the heavy lifting of pulling out excerpts, quotes, mm -hmm. and then titles of books and the authors of those books. And you guys itemize that stuff, list that stuff. And this is yeah. all stuff being taught specifically in Hamilton County schools. Mm -hmm. So um, so all of that is an eye-opening adventure. So you guys have done a lot of a lot of hard work to make that happen. So thank you. Exactly. Anything you want to say, Julie? All right, cool. All right, well, thank you guys so much for being on. I really appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having, Thanks for having us. us. Absolutely, my pleasure. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Thanks for watching. Our thanks again to our guests for being on the show today. Indie Thinker with Reed Uberman was brought to you by our sponsors. If you like what you heard today, please do us a big favor and give it a five-star review and like it and share it with friends. And if you want to hear more awesome guests, make sure to check out past episodes. Indie Thinker is a nonprofit paid for by our sponsors and the generous gifts of people like you. In order to hear more great guests like you did today, please consider giving a tax-deductible gift by going to IndieThinker.org. And just remember, your voice matters, but infinitely more when you think for yourself.